0: Good morning. Good morning. morning. Um, Today I'm reading Ecclesiastes 4. Then I looked again at all the acts of oppression which were being done under the sun. And behold, I saw the tears of the oppressed, and that they had no one to comfort them. And on the side of their oppressors was power, but they had no one to comfort them. So I congratulated the dead who are already dead more than the living who are still living, but better off than both of them is the one who has never existed, who has never seen the evil activity that is done under the sun. I have seen that every labor and every skill which is done is the result of rivalry between a man and his neighbor. This too is vanity and striving after wind. The fool folds his hands and consumes his own flesh. One hand full of rest is better than two fists full of labor and striving after wind. Then I looked again at vanity under the sun. There was a certain man without a dependent, having neither a son nor a brother. Yet there was no end to all his labor. Indeed, his eyes were not satisfied with the riches, and he never asked, And for whom... Am I laboring and depriving myself of pleasure? This too is vanity, and it is grievous task. Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls, when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him, who is alone? Who can resist him? A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. A poor yet wise lad is better than an old and foolish king who no longer knows who to receive receive instruction. For he has come out of prison to become king, even though he was born poor in his kingdom. I have seen all the living under the sun through this thrown to the side of the second lad who replaces him there is no end to all the people to all who were before them and even the ones who would come later will not be happy with him for this too is vanity and striving after win okay. not that one Goodbye.
1: So Solomon is a little miserable here, and um, like, we, like we mentioned last week. What are you sitting all the way back there for? All right. oh, Baptist, never mind. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, um, Solomon goes through his life that we mentioned last week, and i like to mention gentleman gentlemen here. Um, and one day I'll be teaching her, maybe she'll remember now. But we go through life, and if we're all always chasing ourselves, if we're always chasing for that next. Really setting goals for yourself, there I I encourage it, and and to set those goals and to achieve those goals, I encourage that. It's better to be a couch potato, but don't let that be your identifier, because once you reach those goals, and once you've you've gotten to those point, and you have, where do you go from there? So, this is what Solomon has a problem with. Solomon's the richest man in the world. He has everything. He is the, at that point, he is the um, renaissance man. Everything he touches, he succeeds. And sometimes, and, while well, you've, you've experienced this, it's not the talent. You know, you can have all the talent in the world, and you can go after, and you can, you can go to the NFL, you can hit their highest levels. But when life is over, and you're looking back on everything... Hopefully, you're looking forward, because our highest aim isn't on this earth. Our highest aim is a heavenly aim, and at the at this point, Solomon's looking at his life. Now, I also enjoy this because we read this at your wedding. At this part about the two, yeah. uh, the relationship
2: of two. So.
3: When I discovered Michael didn't know how to braid.
1: And Michael didn't know how to... Bra- oh, yes, that, you know, the, I
2: discovered that as well. You <laughs> discovered how
1: to braid there. You've learned a lot in marriage, haven't you? Hmm. Uh, so that's that's what you have, kid, when you have a, you know, a, a good armor bearer. So welcome once again, Terry and Michael. Glad you're here. Morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, it's, almost, it's almost as good as you being here, but, you know, hey...
3: we got to uh, put their picture, either back there with the camera or
1: cuts. with the speaker or something. What's that? Their picture. <laughs> the picture, okay, you yeah. we'll have a friend picture sitting on the, on the desk here, so we looked over at it. <laughs> Alright, All right, remember that uh, this Tuesday night is the Great Upstate Bible Challenge. We won't have a prayer night, so you, uh, you pray on your own on that night, but uh, we will be kicking off right at uh, 7 o'clock, uh, 1900 for you military types. And then uh, on that, make sure we are out. Once again, it's Matthew 6 through 10. Chapter 6 through 10. Each category, except for, except for the wild Now I'll throw it in with the wild card too. Each category has a challenge to host. So for each category, I have two questions. So chapter 1 up to chapter 5, have, have a couple questions that you can ask because somebody might steal your question. But, uh, I have a couple you mean questions.
3: Six or ten.
1: Six or ten, yes. Have a, have a question ready. So that if you hit that category, it's the double jeopardy. You hit that, then you can ask me the question, uh, from that chapter. And then wildcard, you can ask anything that we've studied so far. So L will starts at, seven, and then, uh, and then at seven o'clock, about five till if you decide you want to do the, uh, if we have time, or if you want to do the, um, lightning round or if you just want to continue on we could do that too so and I'll be up to we'll play that by ear when that comes so seven o'clock so all right um, any prayers that we have um any new prayers mom's doing better so we have a praise there Thank.
3: You. I want to thank everybody for their prayers I could feel people praying
1: for me <laughs> uh, and go back to what, what was that uh, Ricky Skaggs uh, somebody's praying for me. Uh, love that song.
2: I told Kenny that we'd put his daughter and his family on our prayer. But they, they're expecting, another, his oldest daughter is expecting a, another. And uh, just something to put on your list. Good, okay. good thing. Yeah, for, but I'd like to pray for
3: hmm? uh, my hand. It
1: could be cancer. And I'm going to be having that check. So I'll open I'll oh, yeah. check. <laughs> check on Mom's hand. And... Uh, yeah, uh, 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 when's your appointment? I haven't
3: made it
1: yet. <laughs> All right. Praise for praise for mom and uh so they, Lindsay
4: hey, Bob. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh Lindsay Lindsay's gonna have her baby at some point this coming week, so we need to uh, hey, hurry I in I our prayers. It. Yeah,
1: it's
3: it's a bit early. Think, thinking oh. maybe
1: Wednesday. Wednesday? Oh, a bit early. All right, well, yeah, so there, and Lindsay, Lindsay Samantha's been on on my prayer list for some time now, and um, I'm so well. I'll talk to you offline on that. And, and uh, so anyway, um, got that. again we're playing for Lindsay. Pray for mom. Gentlemen, you doing okay? Yes, sir. All right. We got we got uh, Wiley's birthday bash today. How do you like it up there? All for you, son. All for you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Alright, don't feel that you're not loved because you certainly are, even though we're going to have a lot of jesting for you. Alright, now we're going to start out just a closer walk with thee. And uh, let us stand and remain standing for our opening prayer. Accurate. <laughs> your Word. Your Word is a lamp unto our feet. There's nothing more important than hearing from thee. You communicate through the message. I pray this morning that the Spirit will guide the speaker and guide the listeners to proper discernment. I thank you Heavenly Father, for my being here. I, thank, I praise you for her healing of, of her back, her side. Continue to do so. We pray this morning for Kenny and and the family, as his daughter is expecting another child here real soon. We ask that you have we bring that little life in there and bless that little life and bless that family with it. Same with same with Michael and Terry and their family, another little grandchild coming into this world, another life, another one that that we can bring to bring to thee. We pray for mom's hand and we pray, Heavenly Father, that there's nothing serious wrong with it and continue to uh, be with her and her visit to the doctor on that. So I would pray this morning that you open up our hearts to the things that we're about to study, make them a source of blessing challenge them, and challenge, that we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. you zoom up on that. Thank you. Our passage is going to Hebrews chapter 9, if you turn there. I love, I love that song. I think about, um, I went, uh, well, I'll put that off for another time. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 9, Becca reminded me this morning, that really, listen, this, this is such a important book, really, it most certainly is. For, in the Old Testament, are the, the Israelites, their book of worship was what book? Anybody remember? The Canaan?
3: The Canaan?
1: The no. no. The bo- their book of worship was Le- Leviticus. Leviticus. Oh, Leviticus. Well, our worship book, actually, in our time, would be the uh, book of Hebrews. Hmm. And it's, it answers so many questions. All of, Either we've asked a question... Or somebody will ask the question. Guarantee it, gentlemen. Somebody will ask you this question: that there's so many religions in this world. You have the Presbyterians. You have the Catholics. You have the Baptists. You have this. You have that. Uh, what do I believe? How? What is it that? Wh- who's right? The easy question is the Bible's right. And but Hebrews will ask. A, will answer a lot of of questions. A lot of arguments that. Brought to us, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, but the the Hebrews will it answers so much to me whether whether we're dealing with Calvinism or whether we're dealing with with whether or not Judaism is still that we sh- as as Christians why shouldn't we be practicing the Mosaic Law because it is after all part of the Bible. And so these things, a lot of it's been answered to miss. So as Beck was as Beck was going over and reading through it this morning, you should be reading Hebrews and studying. because when you start really taking seriously this book and really digging down deep into it, it's going to answer these questions. So yes, the old practices were intensely involved in rituals. Remember what we said: rituals are. The, uh, a, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality if you do not have a spiritual reality if you don't know what's going on in the heavens if you don't know what your salvation is all about your these rituals don't mean nothing to you and that includes communion or baptism if you don't know if you don't know what the, what for is, and you don't know how it's connected to the spiritual life. It's it's meaningless. It really is. It has nothing to do with life whatsoever. You see, a ritual is more so of a teaching aid. Something to to give you to something that you can put your hands on and see. So we do not need to look down on these things. When we talk about the 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 how the practices. It used to be that when I looked at the, the law and the things of the, the rituals and stuff of Israel and maybe to a lot of people it's kind of abstract. I, mean, I don't need to know that. I don't need to know, I don't need to know all about the temple. I don't need to know all about the, especially when you get into Leviticus. Read Leviticus because if you will stop reading through the Bible in a year you start hey, it's a good thing to read through. But most people stop come to us dead stop when they get to Leviticus. But read it. Discipline yourself to get through it. And um and there's going to be a lot that you won't know. That's okay. Just read through it and go on. That's okay. But understand that when you do study these things and connect them with Christ and connect them with our reality today of what we know of Christ. You're going to see some wonderful things coming out of these, This, so we do not need to look down our noses at things and dismiss them as unimportant. Certainly, in the time of certainly in the time when they practiced these things, when you had the temple and you had the the priests going into the temple and uh, the holy of, the the high priest once a year going into the holy of holies and put blood on the on the ark. That was vitally important in the day that God had consecrated it to be. Because if you mess up, if you desecrated those things, it was a death penalty. Because these things were the image of things in heaven. Why is there a death penalty for someone who kills, or should be, for someone who kills somebody? Why is that, or uh, for murder? Why, why should there be a death penalty? Remember,
3: because because the, the we're the image of of um, Christ, the ex- image yes. of God, yeah, image yeah. of God.
1: Man was made and in the image of God. God, and therefore, whoever takes He's a life, life, his life shall also be okay. taken, because it's yeah. sacred. Life is sacred to God. All right, and same thing here. These things in the these things in the time in which they were ordained were sacred. They were consecrated. And uh, so, the the fact is, to mishandle any of these in the day meant certain death. So let's come on, let's start this morning with Hebrews 9, verse 5. We started started this on Tuesday night. And above it were the cherubim. Okay, stop right there. Grady, what's a cherubim? Angel. Okay, just want to make sure. Alright. Above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. But these things cannot now speak in detail. What's the mercy seat? Somebody describe it. What is the mercy seat? Did a review question. It's on top of the... Um...
0: Ark of the Covenant. Very good. That's what they sprinkled blood on.
1: Exactly. That's what the priest came and sprinkled blood on. Very good. you got a smiley face back there. (laughs) Good job. (laughs) But yes, remember the Ark of the Covenant was two pieces of furniture. You had the Ark, which is the box. And within the box, Hebrews, in the Old Testament, or going back into the Testament, it, it had the Ark of the Covenant. Here, the writer of Hebrews tells us it has the Ark of the Covenant... The Aaron's rod that budded in a pot of manna. So I don't know if it was inside the ark or outside the ark, but it was in the presence of the Holy of Holies. So my camera's messed up this morning, so I couldn't give you a picture of it. But you, you know the box, you know they on top you have the mercy seat and then you have two what's on top of that? Above the mercy seat? Cherubi. Yes, the cherubim. And they have two outstretched Two outstretched uh wings, okay what you see in pictures that may or may not be they're just going through what their' what their writings is describing but uh Michael be interested in this that the because you know, i I had to find this out that you have first of all first of all you have the surface and then you have the the angels with their wings the Shekinah glory. The glory of God in the presence was underneath those wings, between the mercy seat and the outstretched wings. That's where the glory of God was. Okay. Uh, again, I wish I had had my overhead that I could do that. But you had the wings, you had the mercy seat, and right between them, that's where, where the presence of God, His glory, the glory of the Father. Uh, it says, and so when Moses came and Moses was speaking with God. Prior to that, Moses would go up on the mountain and speak with God. Now, God has come down to the Holy of Holies. And so, when Moses approached, and he was in the first part of the tent, the tent of a meeting, that's where Moses would stop. He would speak through the curtain, and speak to God through the curtain. Now, I think this is kind of cool, really, because you think about it. Put yourself in Moses' position. His love for the Lord. And you know what? I'm going to make this a point of doctrine. This is off the notes. This is not on the page. It's just coming to me, can okay? Here's Moses. He goes into the tent to speak with God. And he His heart is longing to see God. And, and he speaks to God. It's like... It's like talking to my, talking to my girlfriend, or who I never met? Here's here's he, I've never let's just say i never met back. not not face to face, but I've talked to her on the phone. I've received the letters from her, and and I just and and I just love talking to her. I can't wait to meet her. And every time I talk on the phone, I just I just my heart burns. And I want to meet her. I want to meet this girl, and I'm falling in love with her. But I've never met her anywhere else. This is. This is the Lord, Moses. He's coming to the. He's coming to the curtain. He got the Lord, the shining glory. God is on the other side. He's he's so close. And what does the Lord? What does Moses do? I want to see your glory. I can't stand it anymore. He's. I. I don't care if it kills me. I want to see you. And you know what? That's kind of like our. Bless when we draw near to God. See, we're connected to this world so much that the, we we we're so tied to this world and um, you know you know the it's like Joe Diffie, Remember Joe Diffie used to say, "Prop me up next to a jukebox. I want to go to heaven, but I want don't want to go tonight." Uh, but you know, sometimes we get so attached to the world that. And, and the Lord has a time to take each of us out. Some of us go out screeching and crying and holding on and, and trying to hang on, you know, and, you know, they don't. But the fact is, the closer you are to the Lord, you get to a point where it's that, you know, hey, <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, my Tim, I, I know you're listening in. You talk to Tim. And, um, and Tim is one that uh, he's the same way. You know, he loves life. He's holding on to life. But he's like Paul. Uh, Paul says, hey, every day on this earth is a day of service. But I could go any time because then I'd be absent of the body and the Lord. And that's our life. And that's Moses. Moses just said, I don't care if it kills me. I want to see your glory. And I thought that was... Okay, moving back. Okay, mm-hmm. off the tra- rabbit trail, and I'll probably don't get to one, one page of notes today, but that's okay. Alright. So the presence of the glory of God was within the Holy of Holies. That presence would remain over the mercy seat and under the wings of the cherubim. We find that in Exodus twenty-five twenty-two. Somebody give me Exodus twenty-five twenty-two. Hey, Bob. okay yeah. Question.
4: Yes, sir. Question. Can you, um, I guess I need clarification. The, the Ark of the Covenant, is that different than the Holy of Holies? That is two. Is that
1: separate? Good. There, Good question. Or is that the same? Good question. Um, I got, you got to map this out in your mind. You got, you got the tent. You got the, the tent. Okay, you've got the tent, you've got two parts of the tent. You've got the front part of the tent uh, where the priests come in and they, that's where you have your, your candlestick, that's where you have your table of showbread, and that's where, um, what else, altar of incense in that first. And priests go into that part, in and out, in and out. They constantly, they're making sure that the lampstand stays lit, that, the, that there's incense on the burner, and that there's once a week making sure there's fresh bread on there. Then you have a curtain, that that other part of the curtain is the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. And all of this is designed, or was a model of what was in heaven. And inside there, the Ark of the Covenant is the box containing the, um, the commandments. And above that is the mercy seat, which is the, or, uh, the atonement cover. That's where you have the two angels. So the ark of the covenant is inside the holy of the holies. Yes, exactly. That's that's right. that, that piece of furniture within the holy of holies is the part of the tent. All right. Does that answer your question? Yes. All right. Exodus
0: uh, twenty-five twenty-two. Go ahead, Rob Grady. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony, I will speak to you about all that I will give you in commandment for the sons of Israel.
1: Okay. This was the Shekinah glory. The presence of God whose glory was so immense that no one could look beyond it or look upon it. Without being incinerated. Remember that the glory that showed up uh, with the shepherds in the in the field, and they were terrified. And the angel had to say, "Stop being afraid. I bring you tidings of great joy." When the glory of the Lord, and of course, I know it had to be reduced. You know, the Lord was still holding back a little bit because if those shepherds had looked upon the full entire glory of the Lord, they would have been incinerated. Because they thought they were going to die because they looked upon it. Now, point. Note, Shekinah means he calls to dwell. He calls to dwell. The Shekinah glory was dwelling with Israel. These people, as we've noted, when they saw this prior to the tabernacle being erected, and remember that in Exodus 19, Moses gave the instructions. Say, "Hey, we're going to see the Lord. So you got three days. Wash up. Get your garments ready. We're going to go out and see the. See, uh, we're going to go meet God on the mountain. So they come out to the mountain, and that mountain. I'm just. I'm just paraphrasing here. That mountain shook. Lightning was coming out Clouds covered up, They were terrified. They were terrified. They they were, and Moses was trying to calm them down, but they were, uh, they were wetting their britches, and they they told they asked Moses, I say, Moses, we want an inter,
0: we want a mediator. What's a mediator, Wiley? Um, a person between two parties that, um, almost a communicator. Yeah, almost communicator. Oh,
1: I'll also say it's a reconciler. Remember reconciliation. Back together. Yes, reconciliation is bringing two parties in dispute together, and um, in between is the mediator. He speaks for both parties. You know, um, you know. The, uh, example, I normally uh, an example I give it different ways, so I, uh, say me and Mama B, we're we're not even talking. We're I mean, she's upset at me. I'm, she's not talking to me. I'm not talking to her. We're we're just angry at each other. Well, Becca is equal with both. For me, she's my wife, and uh, of course I talk to Becca. Becca talks to Mom. So, though Mom's not talking to me, we can talk to her and work things out. That's a mediator. She be, she is a mediator. Moses is a mediator of the old covenant. Okay, he's speaking with God. He is he's working. He's the go-between. With the ark and with all the things that are laid out. The ark, the rituals, the priesthood. Um, Moses isn't doing these things. Listen. Moses isn't actively doing in the priesthood. He, Moses is a mediator. Who's the priest during this time? Who's the high priest? Not Moses.
3: Not
1: Aaron. Who? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron is the priest. Moses is the mediator. He's saying to it that all the T's are crossed, all the religious T's are crossed, all the I's are dotted. They, they've built everything. They've got everything. Now they're, now they're working on the rituals. It is Moses, uh, and Moses that are overseeing. He is the mediator of the covenant. He's the go-between. Definition for a mediator. Let me see. Again, I don't have my overhead, so... Um, and it means one who causes or helps parties to come to an agreement with an implication of guaranteeing the certainty of arrangement between the mediator. So he arranges. He's working on bringing these parties together. Okay, so Moses is to go between, between God and... And the people for the Mosaic covenant. Important that you understand that. So Solomon built a permanent structure, pattern after the tabernacle, and there the ark was placed, and it will remain replaced. And uh, Mike, you thought this was interesting. It was there um, all the way up. David was excited when when the temple was built. And remember, Mom, where, where David was, where they were bringing the ark. The temple David was all excited and he was dancing. Everybody was excited. The Ark was at the temple. They've got a permanent temple now. That temple, uh, that Ark was going to go into the holy of holios in that temple, and he's dancing and everything. Remember, Mrs. Uh, David, she wasn't too too happy with that. Remember that? She she was a little upset. She kind of get she got onto oh, him. all you made a fool of yourself, and. Um, so, but he was excited. He was happy. He was happy that that ark was was coming in there, and the the ark would remain in that temple all the way up until uh, the destruction in uh, by Nebuchadnezzar in 587.
3: But but the holy of holies, and it was in the holy of holies in that temple of Solomon. Did, did the the glory, was it ever in there under the chair? Uh, it, it would remain in there. In the and
1: then, and there, in Ezekiel chapter eleven, Ezekiel from Babylon had a vision. The, the Lord showed him when the when the shekinah glory left. And
3: when was that?
1: The she, shekinah glory left. It was prior to the destruction of the. So Temple. it
3: was in there.
1: It was in there, and because it was Ezekiel to answer your question, Ezekiel saw the the glory of God leave, go to, and it's funny you read that in Ezekiel chapter eleven, and that chthonic glory left and it followed the same path that Jesus followed when he w- he went to the Mount of Olives and went, was taken up into heaven.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so the word with there would be another temple built by Ezra. That temple would be called beginning, it would be the rubbables temple. It would continue on through Herod. Herod would start a and continue a remodeling project, and the temple would be called the Herod's Temple. And people would come. The the Israelites would continue to follow the mandate three times a year. They would make a pilgrimage to the temple. And they would give their offerings. The priests would continue doing their thing. Except for this. There was no ark on the other side of that curtain. The Shekinah glory did not come back. And neither was the ark inside that room. It was an empty room. So you come into the meeting place. You'd have the well in Herod's temple. They had like 10, 10 uh, lamps. They had they just doubled everything, oh, except for they had the author of incense. Remember that who was it? Zacharias, and Zacharias went in there and he did fulfill his priestly duties. But year after they would, priests would continue doing their work, but the holy of holies did not have the kind of glory. The Shekinah glory will not return until back to a temple until the millennial temple. And that's when the kingdom is established. The millennial temple. That's another reason. One thousand reasons. You know I get on my soapbox. We're not living in the temple. Why? Or we're not living in the in the kingdom. Why? Because there's no millennial temple. The temple is not there. So that's another reason why we're not living in the kingdom. That's for the kingdom now, folks. We're looking forward to the kingdom. We're still on... We're still praying for the kingdom to come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That hasn't come yet, folks. All right. So the question is, why was it necessary then that God would tear the veils? When, when Jesus died upon the cross, the... When after completing the, his work upon the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom. Why do you think that there was that that God tore that veil?
3: Because the blood was shed um, on the cross, and the uh, the atonement was no longer. Um, but,
1: Okay, I'll follow you.
3: Yeah, because because they they had to have atonement once covering. a year covering
1: once a year. Where you getting at? The blood had to be applied to the ark.
5: Yeah. That...
1: So we could probably argue that, uh, every uh, and this time next year I may have something to add to this or whatever. But where I stand right now, that veil was torn. Not so that we can go in there and freely worship. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think it was torn to show us. That it was empty. Oh yeah, you're
3: getting that it was down the nitty-gritty. That, eye it, eye was, that it
1: was insignificant. Yeah. Because our blood did not go in there for a redemption. Our blood went to the true Holy of Holies mm-hmm. in heaven. That veil was ripped to say, look, there's nothing here. Our worship is not in a tent anymore. Our eyes are now, through all that time, people worship. There in that tent, and the priests kept doing their work. They worked in the uh, in the holy place day after day after day, but without significance. Now that Christ has died and has ascended into heaven. Now at this point, the the temple was still. This is AD 64. the The temple was still in place, but three years later, that temple is going to be destroyed. And listen. We say, I say when that temple is destroyed and the Jewish mindset on those that were even to, even to some of the readers of Hebrews that their religion, their, their religion and by the way the title of this message this morning is don't give me that good old religion that good time religion. Don't give me that good time religion. We used to sing that song. Remember that song? Give me that good old old time religion. It's good enough for me. That's the problem. These people were saying, Give me that good old Judaism religion because it was good enough for me. It may have been good enough and our religion may be good enough for each of us. We may be satisfied with our religion. But is it good enough for God? Is our religion good enough for God? Our traditions, you see, religion and traditionalism and and denominationalism may be based on truth, but you know what? More than the times than ever, not we leave our Bibles behind and we get stuck on our religious practices. And we forget the Bible; we've left it behind, and um, and that's and that it doesn't matter what you, and it doesn't matter what we talk about here. And that's you know I've, I've um, when it came to doctrine, you know I, I love doctrine. I've said this. I was I kind of stumbling over this too, so I don't even know why we're in here yet. But we can get into our doctrine, and our theology so deep. We need not forget the Bible. We may go over our points of doctrine. One, two, three, four, five. This is a point of this. This is a doctrine. This is not. We do not need to leave our Bibles behind. We need Our doctrine needs to come from the Bible. Not work into the Bible. See what I'm saying? With presuppositions and things of that nature. Don't forget your Bible. And um, so these people leading up to the destruction of the temple, they were steeped in their religion. And religion became a blinder. Remember what I said beginning, that ritual without reality is meaningless. They had their ritual, and as long as you cross in the T's and dot in the I's, you're okay. But they did not know their God. They did not know their Jesus. Okay, there was no personal relationship there. So, did that mean that their continual worship was unnecessary? Yes or no? When that when the destruction of the temple came, and th- listen, those who were religious—that's where I'm getting at. Those who were religious. It broke their hearts. But you know what? In another way, it was a great blessing. For some, the Lord pulled out the very distraction to their hearts. Because, you know, sometimes when you're holding on to something so hard, you fail to see that. You fail to see what it was there for. So the Lord took that out as a distraction, among other things, why it was destroyed. But he took it out. It gave them freedom now to pursue the spiritual aspect. You see, those things were destroyed, taken away. Now their hearts can be opened, the veil on their hearts can be ripped that they can see God beyond the religion. Do not let your religion blind you because it can. It's not about your religion. It's about a, re- a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, you don't have nothing. Don't tell me how religious you are, or how dressed up you can be to go to church and carry your Bible, and that, that you know that you can pull a Bible verse out of the Bible quicker than Matt can draw a pistol. Do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Potlucks are good. I like potlucks. I like our fellowship here. I love it. But it don't take the place of the of our relationship with the Lord. Hebrews chapter six, verse nine. Michael, you want to read that for it?
2: Nine verse six.
1: Uh, nine verse six through nine, please. Uh,
2: these preparations, having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties. But into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet open as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age according to this arrangement gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perf- perfect the conscience of the worshiper
1: okay the simple these things that we have in you know like you know like children and Michael I don't know about your grandchildren are they are they in the process of saying why 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 all the time now what's this Grandpa, well, grand uh, papa what's what's why's the sky blue what's this what's that your kids will eat you up with the why 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 as children of God we should be full of questions and when we when there is something going on and we're going about some religious practice we should be asking ourselves why? Um, what? Why are we doing this practice? So, yes, the old practice were intently the they were they were intently observed, but they were they were but images. It was our classroom. It was it was there to teach the spiritual reality of what it would take to redeem us. And Michael read about the conscience. Year after year, these things and the rituals would go on. But it did nothing for the conscience. It did nothing. What what do I mean by conscience? That none of these things perfect. First of all, the word perfect. To perfect the conscience. Or led to a perfect conscience. the, The word is teleos. And teleos means... Anybody? Completed. Perfected. Or restored, you might say. But I'll I'll stick with completed. To complete your conscience. Let's bring it up like this. Uh, Come on back to our verse. Let me tell you where I'm at. Nine, verse. Okay, outer. Mm -hmm. But the second, uh, committed, near. The Holy Spirit... Verse 8, look at this. The Holy Spirit is signifying this. Okay, who's the teacher? I love this. Stop right there. You go through this, you'll find out that the Father, for our redemption, our being saved, is not only the Son, but the Father's involved, the Son's involved, and the Holy Spirit's involved. The Holy Spirit's doing the teaching, He's opening our eyes to these things. The Holy Spirit is signifying this. That the way into the holy place has not yet been disclosed while there is there's an outer t- tabernacle is still standing. The ark is still up. People are still gravitating to it. Which is a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifice are offered which cannot make the worshipper perfect in conscience. That teleos. To complete. Put it this way. Go back to the garden for a moment, okay? I'm going to give you. I'm going to test your knowledge here, gentlemen. Actually, ladies, back here. I'm going to test your knowledge too. Here's Adam and Eve. Adam and the woman at the time, her you know Eve later on, Haba if you want her Hebrew name. But God told Adam, "Don't eat from that tree." Which tree was that?
0: Tree
1: of knowledge and good and evil. Tree of knowledge and good and evil. Don't eat from that tree. What would happen if you eat from that tree? You would surely die. You would surely die. Absolutely. In that day you eat thereof, you surely die. Took from that tree, didn't they? Yep. Okay. What was the first thing that Adam noticed and the, his wife noticed that after they ate from that tree? They were naked. They were naked. They were naked. They were naked. They, they were naked. Absolutely. They stood before, they stood before God. Naked. Remember at the end of chapter 2, verse 1 it says that they were both naked and they were not ashamed. Now they are naked and what do you get? guess what? They're ashamed. They're ashamed. That's right. Their conscience had been woken up. And you see one of the big things right here is now they've got this guilt and they've got this shame going on in their hearts. It's not about their bodily naked, by the way. But... It was good illustration. It was it was just their conscience. They're guilty. They're shameful. Because now they 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 have offended the righteousness of God. Okay. Mike and Terry, what was the first thing they did after they discovered that they were naked? Covered themselves.
4: Look for a fig leaf. <laughs>
1: oh, that's right. They put on fig leaves. And uh, covered up that nakedness. And what were they trying to do? They were trying to... Listen, it wasn't about yeah, their nakedness. Yeah, What's that? Abuse their conscience. Exactly, Terry. Exactly. That's They were trying to deal with this guilt and the shame within their own hearts. Within them. And so they put on they put on these fig leaves to mask that guilt and shame. And maybe it worked for a little bit. Okay. Maybe they will maybe they maybe they were good to go for just a little bit for however long. Till God showed up. Going back. <laughs>
3: it, it, when you're sitting there it just dawned on me Marines too. Camo with the leaves, and then they hide in the bushes. <laughs> so, they, in a way, they're kind of camouflaged.
1: And Marines, and be, Marines being rude, crude, and socially unacceptable were covered. It wasn't about the camouflage to hide from the enemy. They would want to hide their sin. <laughs> know,
3: yeah. just, just. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't want to get. That's not where I was going. But it just made me think of the camouflaging yeah. of themselves.
1: They were camouflaging themselves. They were, and they were, you know, in a sense, you're you're right.
3: Hiding. In a sense, you're right. They,
1: They took this, they took, that they tried to blend themselves into a world today. They blend themselves in the world to, you know, but listen, remember, each of us are accountable before God. And so, they had to, And but when God, going back to what Forrest Gump said, then God showed up. Yeah, I thought of that. <laughs> then God showed up, and when God showed up, they realized that these fig leaves weren't going to get it. Listen, we do to this day. Um, we have religion. One is a is a part of fig leaves. If I'm right, if I if I got all my t's crossed, if I got all my eyes dotted, if I'm doing all the right things, and I'm all and then I must be right with God. Listen, you know what religion is. Now listen, I don't want you to think, "Oh, I'm not going to be Baptist no more, and I'm not going to be Presbyterian." I'm not saying that. No, stop right there. Go. I'm not. I'm not dissing your churches or your denominations, but you need to see them for what they are. Or, you know, especially when a religion seeks to set a standard of righteousness that. Uh, some organizations say if you can meet this, if you can meet the, uh, a church will say, or a denomination will say, here's the line of righteousness. If you meet that, you'll be good. It's legalism. Legalism says if you you could you set a standard and you meet that standard, then you're good to go. Be very careful, because what man can do is not right. Remember what. Isaiah sixty four six. Help me out there, Michael. Anybody? Isaiah six. What what does it say about righteousness? Filthy, right? Ra- filthy rags. Really? Yes, our righteousnesses are filthy rags. <clears throat> and so we're not setting out to. Listen, we're not setting out to put on fig leaves. And you see, it's not just religion. These people that go out and they're looking at. Um, making world peace and cleaning up the environment and saving the world and doing those are fig leaves folks those are fig leaves if I can accomplish this then if I, I'll feel good about myself then I must be okay one of these days God is going to show up and you see this is the problem with Judaism they were trying to fall back to an old system At best, what this old system did was give them a hunger for something better. God made this system, and he made it good for what it was made there to do. But God's system was never ever set there. The the mosaic system, the mosaic law, was never there to save anybody because it didn't. Because if God purposed it to save people, it would have done that. And it did. It didn't save anyone. But they were tasked at keeping it. But did they? Didn't? Nope. Nope. They did. not <clears throat> So there are, once again, that's, that's another thing in our time that there are those that will say that we as a church, I've gotten away that we have hijacked the Mosaic system, that we need to be getting back to here that Hebrews tells us that no, that's wrong. They mean well. They want to keep... They, it's in the Bible. They want to keep it. But listen, when we're reading things in the Bible, not everything is directly for us. Everything is, everything is there for our edification, including understanding the Mosaic law. But it's not there for us to learn it and practice it. Yes. Alright, where are we? Let's go to um, Hebrews chapter 9 verse 10. Who's got Hebrews 9 and 10?
0: I'll do it. Go ahead. Since they relate only to food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until a time of reformation.
1: <clears throat> Alright, these things had a particular time. I love the word. I wish I would uh, looked it up in the Hebrew. Until. Somebody make a study. You see that back? Yeah. Until. It had there's a time that it was used. These things were in place. They were supposed to do these things. Even though it then said these were instructed by God, concentrated, the, the rules, the regulations, they were all in place. They were to until The time of reformation. The process of establishing a new order. To establish a new order, forming a new order. Reformation. It had its place and time. No more. Okay, somebody give me 11 and 12.
3: Hebrews 9, 11 and 12. i it. But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things to come, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, and is to say not of his creation and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood he entered the holy place once for all having obtained eternal re- redemption redemption
1: <clears throat> the things he established in time and on this earth did not accomplish salvation for any of us didn't, didn't save one Jew from going to hell Not to say they all went to hell. Faith Faith back then was the same thing. They believed in the promises of God for a redeemer and that redeemed them. Okay, but not the blood of bulls and goats. I think of 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And that brings us to redemption. Okay? To be redeemed. Let's go back to Adam for a moment. The Lord told Adam that in the day you eat thereof, you will surely die. That is the judgment. That is the payment. The wages of sin is what? Death. And there are three types of death. Spiritual death. Remember that death means, a little bit of review for you, it's been a long time since Genesis Death does not mean non-existent. Death means separation. Physical death. Physical death is separation from a relationship. Separated from God. That's... Uh, what, what are we saying? Spirit? Uh, I lost myself for a bit. Let's start, start over. Okay, spiritual death is a separation from a relationship. It's This is why we need a mediator there, Wally Gunner. Uh, because there's a spiritual dysfunction there. God's not talking to me, I'm not talking to God, and we need a mediator. Okay, spiritual death. That day that he ate from that tree and the woman ate from the tree, there was a separation from, from God. What's the other death? What's another death, Amanda? Got spiritual death, what else you got?
3: Physical
1: death. Physical death. What is physical death? Your body. The soul separates from the body. The body goes back to the dust. The soul is forever lasting. So is the spirit. The soul and spirit of a believer will last forever. Cannot be destroyed. Okay, but, um, but there's coming a time when our, our souls will depart our bodies. When we know, when we know what time and date? No, only God knows that. The, um, And then there is eternal death. Eternal death is the... The other two are are consequences of the fall. Eternal death is the judgment for sin. Because God is so righteous. He cannot... You see, we're not sinners because we committed sin. We committed sin because we are sinners. We understand that? An apple tree will produce apples. An orange tree will produce oranges. A sin tree will produce sin. That's just the way it is. We are born into this world physically alive but spiritually dead, separated from God. This world is universally lost. But God in His grace will pull those out to be saved. He saves us. He redeems us. And redemption, let's that's define that's redemption here. Redemption is to release or set free with the implied analogy to the process of being set free as a slave. A ransom is paid. We're set free. Amen. On Amen, somebody. Amen. We could not do that for ourselves. Somebody had to pay a price for us to be free. Because when Adam sinned, he was the corporate head of the whole entire race. And when Adam sinned, we have all f- fell into a fallen race of man. In Adam, all sin. Or, no. In Adam what? In Adam, all die. But in Christ, all have been made alive. See, it doesn't matter how good and how moral you are. It doesn't matter how religious you are. It doesn't matter how many T's you can cross or religious I's you can cross. You, without Christ, you are lost. He is our Redeemer. And so, all these things, the, bull, the blood of bulls and goats never saved anyone. They were a demonstration. Until, there's that word, until. What a wonderful word that is. Until. Christ on the cross, first step, said, "It it is finished." Stop right there. It didn't stop right there. Remember the five things. Anybody remember the five things we are to remember about our, about this process? You have one. I'll give you the first one. Christ, death on the cross. What's the second one? His
3: burial.
1: He was buried. Okay. Very good. What somebody else? What's the third one? He was buried. Mm-hmm. He had risen. Rose. Okay. What's that? Rose. He rose. He rose. He risen and rose. Okay. That those counts as risen, risen and rose. That counts as one. Then what's next? He ascended. He ascended into heaven. And what's the second one? Or what's the last one? What's number five? We have to know. Normally we do not talk this.
3: He is
1: he I mean, coming. coming. Yeah. What's
3: that?
1: No, his, uh, Meeting. It's what he's doing right, right yeah. now. It's what he's doing right now. What's I that? can't think of the word. Session. Oh. Session. session. Oh, session. He is... Oh, okay. You see, he session. went and sat down at the right hand of Father. Remember last week we said that he's not sitting there just twiddling his thumbs. Mm. He's got work to do as our high priest. Remember, a priest would go in every day to make sure the lamp was lit, uh, showbread and stuff. He is making intercession for us. He's continuing mediating. He's going to be the mediator of the new covenant. He's doing things up there in the Holy of Holies in Heaven
3: mm-hmm.
1: for our redemption. And it's that blood. Listen, the priest, that blood had to be applied to the... What was on that top of that? ark, uh, Mercy seat. The mercy seat. Had to be applied to that blood to priest. Listen, that blood, if it wasn't applied to the mercy seat, it was no good. It wasn't good enough that that lamb died. If that blood had to be applied. Jesus Christ, being the Lamb of God in the priest, he takes that blood as our high priest. He goes into heaven and he applies it there in heaven. Hoorah! I like it. It'll preach. So, this was exactly... So, when, when we're talking about this blood sets us free. You see what I'm saying is, there are those people that say the Old Testament doesn't have anything to do with the New Testament. That's for the Jews, and the New Testament is for us. You know what, folks? Nothing can be farther from the truth than that. Because, though we're not under... Mosaic Law. I hope that you're all excited about this. Maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe, I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit communicate to you as He communicates
5: Because
1: yes. seeing this in the Old Testament and applying it to our position now in Christ, I am so excited. This is beautiful. What the priests were doing on earth wasn't enough to win our social great salvation. But what Christ did on the cross... Dying and taking that and ascending into heaven and applying that blood, his life to the mercy sheet in heaven, saves us from perfect redemption. It gives us, it redeems us. It's the price that was paid. I'll close off today, going back to First Peter one eighteen. This is I think this is where we finished off last week, but it's a good verse to remember. It's not in our notes. But uh, that's the way I'll finish it. First Peter what? First Peter one eighteen. Knowing that you were not redeemed by perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he who foreknew before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. How wonderful that is. I'll, got a, I've got a few moments before we close it out. Is there any... Any questions or any comments? I need a little
4: clarification.
1: Okay, clarification from the peanut gallery. Michael Lawback, go
4: ahead. Uh, Going back to Adam, you had mentioned three deaths and I don't follow that. I've always understood it as there's two deaths. Your physical death being first and your spiritual death. Your physical death when you die and you're not with Christ, that is spiritual death. When you die, there's no other chance after that. So you're, the second death is the death that
1: you're looking to avoid. I'm lost a little bit when you mention a third death. I wish I wish I could have that on here. So let me let me go back on this. Remember that first of all, I wish I had my overhead with me. Okay, that, that's of the devil. But let's let's go on, going back to the first first thing. It means separation. Death means separation, apart from. So there are three. De- so there are three deaths. When you can also take back, and I'm going to give you a really big quick big quick um, di- uh, readers digest on this. Going back to Genesis chapter two, it said that. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives. In, in, the, in the Hebrew, it's a plural. Now, a, pl- or a plural in the Hebrew language is three, not two. They got a different word for two. But three. So, when he breathed into his nostrils the breath of lives, and it is plural. Now, in, your, in, in the translation, you're breath of life. But in the, in the Hebrew, it is breath of lives. So it's it's three lives, at least. So you've got three lives. You've got the spiritual life, which is a relation, a relationship. Okay. So, and these are not in order of importance. You got a relationship life. That's the spiritual life. Then you've got uh, your bio bio life. That's the life of the body. That's your that's your function, your bodily function. Then you've got your soul life. And your soul life has to do with your personality. Your Everybody's got a soul. And it's eternal. Yeah, your soul is eternal. So when man was created, when the, when the first man was created, when Adam was created, he was created with a body, a soul, and a spirit three things a body a soul and spirit all of them had a life to it and when adam when when on per, day 1 when when adam sinned against god he broke that relationship with god he died spiritually he died to that relationship it's like a father who says to a son you're no longer my son get out i don't want to know you get out you're not my get out just and there's estrangement between the father and son. That would be a spiritual relation, a spiritual separation. The soul life happened. That spiritual death happened that day. When we are all born, we are all born spiritually dead. No relationship with God. We got a soul that's living. We got a body that's living, but our spirit is dead to a relationship with God. Separated. Then you have yeah, that's first death. Day, day
4: one when you're born, that is that first death has already occurred. Then, yeah,
1: absolutely. Because we are dead in Adam. In Adam, we all die. Okay. Okay. Our problem is not that we committed a sin. Our problem is that we are born spiritually dead. Then your then physical death is pretty easy, like you've already explained, Mike. That's mm-hmm. when the soul leaves the body. Eternal death is the third death. The eternal death is the judgment for sin. Spiritual death is a consequence. Spiritual death is a consequence of the fall. Eternal death is the, is the judgment. There's only one judgment and that is death. That's eternal lake of fire. That's separation from God forever. No turn back. No come, no coming back from that. But spiritual death Christ fixed that when He died upon the cross and when we trust in Him for eternal life. We become new creatures. Come back to what I read earlier, for who, whoever is in Christ, He is a new creature. Why is He a new creature? Because now, that which He didn't have before, a Spirit, the Spirit was made alive to a relationship with Christ. Um, and we'll talk about, what is that, Second Corinthians? Four, 114. I, I always get it screwed up. Whichever. Is it Second Corinthians 114? Two. Two second. Two fourteen. Two fourteen. Thank you. Second Corinthians or First Corinthians? Uh, I think the first one. I think first one. First Corinthians two fourteen. Yeah. The, okay, Mike. On well, here, the natural man. And Wally, what is that? The Sukikosman, the natural man. He is the one with a body, a soul, but a spirit that is dead in Christ. Does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual, who is the one spiritual? Those that have a body, a soul, and a spirit. That spirit is made alive at regeneration when they've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Appraises all things, yet himself is praised by no one for who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Those of us who are believers, we have, we are made whole again. And we're spiritually alive. We're no longer subject to eternal death. And, uh, and then when we die, we get a new body. Somebody say amen. Amen.
5: Amen. amen.
3: amen. Um, you know, Carl um, yes, used to say "A unbeliever dies twice
1: and is born once. A believer is born twice and dies only once. Oh, yeah. I think that right? <laughs> yeah, let me try that. If, okay. Born once, if you're born only once, you die twice. You die twice. That's right. Born once, you die twice. You die physically, and you die eternally. Separate from God forever. Born twice, you're born physically, and you're born spiritually, you only die once. And you live forever. Mom, you got it. Thank you. Smiley face back there on the back row. Back there. Uh, Mike, I know there's so much more to work out on that. It's easy. But it, it does have a lot of things that you need to put together. Um, just, just to cut it short, to say that when we're born of Adam, we're not all there. Some of us not all there ever. <laughs> but, but we are born the first time with a body and a soul, but a spirit that is dead to our relationship. Um, but when we are born again, we have a body and a Soul and a spirit that has connectivity with God. How's that? Yep, got some work it's to do good. on it. I, I don't expect you to grasp it all at once, but it, it sets it up so you one day you'll come to that and they say, Oh, now I get it. You'll be reading your Bible, and say, Oh, I now I get it. So, all right, but um, but thanks for the question. I, I want to ask you if. If that answers your question, because it may not, but uh, it gives you some food for thought there. Alright, anybody else? Alright, remember Tuesday night we have our um, Great Upstate Bible Challenge. We'll have that set up. We will start at 7 o'clock. Be working on your studies. Be ready for it. So. All right, with that, let us stand. We'll close it out with, uh, I think it's a good one. What's that? He hideth my soul. Let us stand. Rocks and shadows of dry thirst. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your remaining blessings. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word that comforts us, that strengthens us. I pray, Heavenly Father, that the Spirit will continue to guide us in the truth. As disciples, let us never have let us never get to a point where we have no questions. At that point we do not become disciples any longer. And I pray, Heavenly Spirit will take what we've learned today. Added to what we've learned in the past. Continue to edify our souls and strengthen us each day. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that as we go out today, may we serve thee with all our hearts, with all our minds, and all our strengths. And now to him who is able to keep us, you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and authority before all time, and now and forever and all of God's people. Say, Amen. Amen.
5: Amen. All right, great.